0: Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about Supergirl episode 6 of season 5. It's called Confidence Women, and it was a wild ride. Like, it wholly and truly was a a wild ride. We, we time-traveled through, like, 20 years of absolute craziness in, like, 20 minutes oh my god it was wild anyway we will get to that in a minute first i want to talk a little bit about batwoman i really enjoyed the episode um even though again i really just could not watch that one scene where alice mm nope so i just listened actually i didn't even listen i muted it because i couldn't take the noises (laughs) i just want to know whose decision it was to put this show on at seven o'clock at night instead of the eight o'clock time slot. Like, that is absolutely insane to me. Like, what? What? Like, who, literally who was in charge of deciding that Batwoman should get the, like, what everybody deems the, like, more tame time slot? Like, what? It's crazy. It's, like, as bad as Arrow. Or maybe... I don't know, maybe even worse. The skin stuff was really gross, so. (laughs) But anyway, I really enjoyed it. I liked, um, I really loved Mary, obviously. I loved her interactions with Sophie this episode and with Batwoman. I thought that was really fun. Also, Sophie knows that Kate is Batwoman, which, I mean, duh, I think we all knew that Sophie knew. But now this kind of poses a huge problem. Like, is Sophie gonna tell Kate or excuse me, is Sophie going to tell um Kate's dad that she's Batwoman? Like, who knows what's gonna happen? Also, I can't stand Kate's dad. I just can't stand this guy. <laughs> he's terrible. He's like literally like worst dad of the year. Like, ugh, he's a nightmare. Um And one thing that I really quick want to talk about um is the scene And I knew that this was coming as soon, as soon as Luke said, oh, the third method for, you know, killing these people is a gas chamber. And I was like, oh God, no, no, but they did it anyway. They put their two, they put two Jewish characters in a gas chamber. I'm like, guys, come on on that's not that's not that's not it i mean for me i feel like the emotional payoff was not enough to justify putting two jewish characters in a gas chamber especially with how little their judaism is mentioned because sure if it was like because I saw people talking, they're like, well, it was, like, a really cool moment where, like, oh, the Jews, like, lived instead of died or whatever. I'm like, but they don't really talk about it much, so, like, the average viewer might not have even been like, oh, shit, like, that's a gas chamber. Like, so it just didn't, I don't know, for me, it didn't hit the right notes. It felt a little irresponsible considering how little they mention, um, Kate and her dad's and her whole family's, um, religion on the show. Um, And it just felt kind of like an oversight uh, in retrospect because it, sure, it led to a heartwarming moment between Kate and her dad, but I feel like the emotional payoff just like wasn't worth it for what they went through um, and for putting two Jewish characters through that. But I'm not Jewish, so I mean, obviously, I don't get to make that decision. It just felt really gross to me watching it. I don't know. If you're Jewish, how did you feel about it? Like, let me know, um, either in the comments or tweet me at Pod. Let me know what you thought. Did you think it was kind of gross or did you feel more that it was a triumphant moment? I don't know. I'm, I'm very torn about it. I, and then I was waiting for when, because the, the Batwoman, like, writers, they live tweet during the West Coast episode or the, the West Coast airing of the episode and I was waiting for them to say anything about that moment, but they didn't. So I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe they should have explained it. I don't know. I just felt like it was not worth it. It it was totally I don't know. It for me it just felt irresponsible. But that's again, just me. I'm not Jewish, so I can't I guess I can't really speak on that, but whatever. That's how I felt watching it. Um, Let me know what you felt while watching it. But I definitely enjoyed the episode. Uh, Other than that, I think it was really interesting. I think I love Kate and Luke, you know, being buddies, working together. I love it. Um, And I thought that the angle that they took was really interesting with the uh, guy who was like, listen, this, like, police, the police are corrupt in Gotham. And I was abetting aiding and abetting and murder of all these innocent black men and I thought that was really interesting like that was a really not bold but it was a it was a a great storyline to have on the show um especially since you know it takes place in uh Gotham which is filmed in Chicago and Chicago you know has a lot of problems with police killing its its you know black citizens um so definitely, you know, I thought that was a really like topical, uh, conversation that they had. But also, it didn't feel like shoehorned in, or it didn't feel like they were doing it because they had to. Like it genuinely fit with the story. Like it, it was very well written. I really enjoyed that part. So it was a, so- it was a solid episode. I just was kind of bothered by the gas chamber thing. But anyway, now it is time. It is time. It's that time for Supergirl episode six. All right. <laughs> I I don't even know how to cover this one. Like, I think I'm just going to go through Andrea and Lena's, Andrea, excuse me, Andrea and Lena's whole entire history. And then we'll just like kind of talk about it as we go. Because um, pretty much nothing else happened in this whole episode. I mean, besides like, oh, William's at the DEO because Supergirl was like, hey, William, come and help us get through to Russell, but then Russell was like, the Russell you know is dead. (laughs) And so we're like, all right. And, um, and like sparing scenes of the DEO until like the end when everything kind of comes back to the present, but everything else was pretty much Andrea and Lena and all kinds of wigs. Oh, wig. Oh my God. Wigs. The wigs were so much. It was so much. It Oh, it was a lot. <laughs> like, just the fact that they put... They were like, Katie, we've got four wigs with your name on them. Like, the... Oh, God. The wig from the wig from the scene where like she comes to Andrea after Lex and then the wig from the scene with Lex that was like a deleted scene that they just put right back in even though they put it on the DVD but anyway I'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> and then the wig that they <laughs> and then the wig that they put on her for that I think that it was a wig for that Jack scene it definitely looked better than the other ones but I think it was a wig And, oh my god, just all the wigs. And then Melissa in all those wigs. And Katie in that red wig at the end. It was just, oh, wig. Uh, It was just, oh god, wig flew. Like, all of the wigs. (sighs) I wish I could have snatched their wigs, like, away. They were just terrible. They're all dry. They looked awful. They were all hard front. wigs (laughs) it was terrible oh god anyway so in like the first 15 minutes of the episode we went through like 15 years of history between lena and andrea it definitely felt choppy it felt rushed it, but I, un, I guess I understand because they really had to like get through stuff. But it was like, here we are at boarding school, and now we're at, now we're at Andrea's house, and then we're at Lena's, and then we're at Lex's, and then we're here, and then we're back, and then we're doing this, and we're doing that, and it was like, whoa, I've got whiplash. <laughs> um So we've got those scenes at school where Lena is, like, doodling in her little journal. She's, like, the weird kid that's, like, obsessed with mythology. We all know who, you know, we all know one of those. And so she's, like, doodling all these, like, ancient shrine things in her journal. And Andrea comes up and she's like, yo, what are you doing? My parents aren't here either for Parents' Day because my parents are... Out of town. And Lena's like, my mom's dead. (laughs) Oh my god, she doesn't even bother mentioning Lillian. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, screw Lillian. She's not my mom. My mom's dead. Lionel's not dead, but you know what? My mom's dead, so nobody can come to my boarding school. And um, so then... Andrea takes Lena out to drink. I don't know. And then also, really quick, they totally retconned Lena's age in the in this episode. I know that Katie McGraw has been waiting for that since she found out that Lena was supposed to be, like, 24 years old. <laughs> because at a convention, like, two years ago, the one that she went to in, like, 2017? I think it was 2017. It might've been 2018. The one that she went to in Australia and New Zealand, that convention, somebody told her and was like, hey, guess what? Lena's only supposed to be 24 years old. And Katie's like, she's what? She's how old? So I'm sure that she's been waiting for this moment for them to retcon her age since, since then. And so finally... They say that boarding school was 15 years ago. The actresses who said that, who played young Lena and young Andrea said that they were supposed to be 16 years old in their scenes. So that means that Lena is like 31. So instead of being 26, she's now 31, which makes so much more sense just in terms of all the stuff that she's done, all of the craziness that she's You know, she's got, like, six bachelor's degrees. She's got, like, seven masters. She can do anything and everything. She went on an Amazonian adventure. Like, for all of that stuff to have happened within her being 12 years old and being, like, 26, like, uh uh-uh, not happening. So... I'm really glad that they retconned her age. But anyway, so Andrea and Lena are at this bar and Andrea's like, look, they won't ask for your ID if you just have confidence and you act like you don't need an ID. Like you don't need to show them your ID because you're already 21 and they know that. These girls don't look 21. They look about 13 years old. But, you know. So she's like, it, basically what she's saying is because we're rich and, and important, like nobody's going to ask questions, like nobody's going to question you. So you just got to be good at having confidence, which is where the title comes from, Confidence in women. Women. Um, so then we see the deleted scene, the years later of Lex kind of going crazy And Lena's wearing that terrible wig. It's a hard front. It's, oh, it's so bad. Anyway, so she's wearing that wig. And I thought it was so weird that they decided to put it on the DVD as a deleted scene. And they were like, oh, shit. Remember that deleted scene that we shot with John Cryer? Guess what? We need it. And then they were like, here, you already saw this on the DVD, but see it again? I don't know. I know that they're probably, like, most people, like, casual viewers don't watch the DVD, like, the deleted scenes, but when they show up on the timeline, <laughs> you gotta watch them. Like, somebody took the time to, like, rip that from the DVD and then upload it onto Twitter, and so you gotta watch it. And it was... they they, they didn't use the whole scene, they just used, like, a little bit of... uh. Lex kind of saying, you know, I need to kill Superman, basically. And Lena's like, well, you know what? You're not going to kill Superman because I'm not going to let you. And he says, you're fired. There's jobs at Spherical Industries. And then we see Andrea's dad basically being like, guess what? I'm going to kill myself and then you can get my life insurance policy. And Andrea's like, what? And it's because Lord Technologies has developed this phone that's like, super, super fast. It's so much faster than the new one that Obsidian Tech was about to release. So they're like, we're through. Nobody's going to buy our slow-ass phone because Lord has a really fast phone. Like, I'm not going to buy the slow phone. So basically, Andrea's dad is like, it's over for me, mija. Like, (laughs) it was very Hiram Lodge from Riverdale. Um, So Lena calls Andrea and she's like, so guess what? I'm having the worst day of my life. And Andrea's like, me too. Come over. So she goes over to Andrea's house and she's like, guess what we need to do? Go find this crazy thing that my mom told me about. Remember those little runes I was doodling in, at boarding school? Well, guess what? I think I know where they are. Heh <laughs> heh you know? And I thought that was so weird. I don't know. I just, this version of Lena is just so, like, polarizingly different from the one that we know that I was just like, dude, this is really strange. Um, because, God, she's someone that is so science-minded, but I guess that this all makes sense. Like, the reason that she's so science-minded now and so, like, science is everything, like, I'm not gonna believe in, like, fairy tales or, you know any kind of crazy magic or anything like that I mean obviously she believes in like aliens and powers and stuff because obviously that's like a real thing in like science in their world but in terms of like legend and all that stuff like I feel like she's just so science-minded that she just would not believe that and I guess maybe that this is what leads her to that because on this mission Lena and Andrea they find where it's supposed to be this medallion but they don't Lena doesn't find the medallion. Andrea actually falls into this pit and the a Leviathan guy. So he's like, hey, Andrea, guess what? I'm from Leviathan. And if you don't pick up that medallion and work for us, we're going to make sure your dad does kill himself, basically. (laughs) And so she's like, well, I can't you know, she, she really didn't want to betray Lena, but she had to to save her dad. So she goes over and grabs the medallion, figures out that it gives her, like, shadow powers or whatever. And so she hides it from Lena. Lena eventually comes down, sees the rune thing that she was drawing, and she's like, oh my god, like, what? Like, Andrea, we found it. Like, it, it should be right here in this, like, little hole thing where the medallion, in fact, was. And Andrea's like, listen, Lena, like, somebody must have gotten here before us. Like, it's not down here. I have no idea. Whatever. So Lena is absolutely heartbroken because I feel like besides, you know, just being like a mission to help stop Lex because she's like, whatever power this gives me, it'll help me to stop Lex from killing a bunch of people. Um, it, it also was like her searching kind of for that, for a piece of her mom. And so, she, you know, it was kind of like losing her mom all over again because she was holding on to this hope of, of being able to connect with her mom because of this, you know. So then we move on to this uh, moment where Lena and Jack are at a party, I guess, in London. I don't remember what led to that. It was some kind of Lena and Jack scene. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't mind Jack this episode. I actually didn't mind Jack like when he was alive. (laughs) Like, you know, in in the Ace Reporter episode, I I didn't mind him. Um, And it was really nice to see, you know, Raul back, especially knowing that (laughs) in every scene that Jack was in... Raul had his toenails painted black. We knew that, uh, Mr. Jack's fear was a bad bitch and that confirmed it. (laughs) Um, so Jack and Lena show up to this party that they're not, well, that Lena's not supposed to be at. Jack is supposed to be there, but Lena wasn't supposed to be there. And she was like, I just got to get away or whatever. So he's like, come to London with me. We'll go to a party." And Lena's like, okay. And so she sees Andrea there and she's like, Andrea, oh my God, I miss you. Like, you know, you've been away or whatever. And Andrea, when Andrea turns around, she's wearing the medallion as a necklace on her neck. And Lena's like, what is that? You stole my medallion. And she's basically just like so furious, so fuming, like just absolutely angry. She kind of yells at, she yells at Andrea. She's like, you took this away from me. Like this could have stopped my brother from killing all those people, you know, all that stuff. So she like storms off and Andrea's like, Lena, wait. Oh yeah, we jump again to a different time where I can't remember the exact order. It was so jumpy. It was, oh my God, it was so jumpy either. Okay. I'm just going to re- go in the order that I remember it as. Let's just go from there. So I don't think that they would do two Lena and Jack scenes back to back. So it's Andrea with the Leviathan lady. And she's like, Hey, Andrea, now I need you to like, you know, do your, uh, your half of the deal that we had. And she's like, what, what deal? And she's like, uh, Lord Technology's phones are all blowing up and your company is making bank and your dad is still alive. Like, we took care of it. Now you need to take care of this man. And I don't remember who it was, but she's like, I need to kill him? Like, what? So so she goes and she tries, she kills him. She snaps his neck in his office because she's like shadow, shadow cool person, shadow weaver. Um, and so she's got a really cool, fun superhero outfit. Very cool. Uh, has like basically a black canary mask. It's pretty fun. Well, it's actually more like it's, it looks, it, it basically just looks like Dreamer mask, but they spray painted it black. <laughs> That's probably what it is though, because, um, you know, they're, they're probably not going to use her as a superhero very much. Um, so then we see a flash, another, we keep moving on through the flashbacks of lena and jack and lena's like look jack i need to move to national city right now right now i need to move right now look we could live in the same place. Me, a Luther, and a Super, we could live together in harmony. I can share my home with a Kryptonian. And Jack's like, what, so you're just going to leave? And Lena's like, yeah, bye. So she dips. She leaves Jack. And that's how they break up, um, which, you know, is kind of upsetting, but whatever. Um, and then we see a Super Corp flashback, which was awesome. We see Kara um, coming into Lena's office to give her these emails that were leaked from L Corp, of course, you know, her emails, and they were leaked to Catco. And Kara's like, well, I nabbed them for you. I made sure that they're not going to be published. Here you go. Here's them on this little flash drive. And Lena's like, oh, you know, thank you, Kara. whatever. I knew we had a breach, but I didn't know that anything got out and Kara's like well you know how you can repay me you could come to game night this Friday it will be so fun my sister and I dominate so you know you like you need to come so we can have some competition and she's like oh Kara, I just want a business relationship I don't want to be your friend because <laughs> Lena's literally like the last time that I had a friend it just didn't go well so Lena's like well you know I just can't. I can't. I don't want to be your friend. So Kara's like, "Oh, okay, you know." Uh, Oh, but then Lena says, "Just leak the emails, then." And Kara's like, "Well, I'm not going to leak the emails. Like, you know, the game night invite still stands. If you ever want to come by, um, and I'll see you later." And they have Melissa in this terrible hard front wig. Another hard front wig. (laughs) The wigs are terrible. Anyway, so that was a really cool scene. I love that because then you know it show. It goes to show that. In the beginning, Kara fought so hard to be Lena's friend. Like straight up, she fought so hard to be Lena's friend. And and I feel like it just it, it's endgamey to me, fellas. Like it's it's really it is. It's like endgamey. It's like Lena, you know, she's like I just don't need any friends. But then Kara like took a little chisel and and chipped at Lena's ice-cold heart for so long until, you know, like, Luthers, and then they were, like, best friends, like, besties for the resties. And I just love that. I don't know. I, I love that. I love that they added that to their dynamic because, you know, in the beginning, we just kind of saw them slowly kind of Kara kind of show up at her office more or whatever. But I love that they had the insistence that Lena was like, you know what? I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> and then eventually Kara just, like, wormed her way into Lena's heart. And we see that again with another supercorp scene where... Um, Kara is at, uh, or excuse me, Lena is at Noonan's and, and Kara is too, but Lena is sitting at this table kind of by the counter and she's like, you know, just sitting there on her laptop doing work or whatever. And Kara comes up to her and she's like, Hey Lena, you know, what are you doing? All this stuff, you know, whatever. And she's like, I'm waiting for my sister, Alex, you know, I'm gonna order. She orders all these appetizers, but then she's like, no, it's me. I eat all the appetizers. And and Lena's like, okay. And so Kara's like, oh man, Alex canceled. Like she just texted me and she canceled. Uh, whatever am I going to do? And well, I guess before Kara had said, oh, Lena, like, why don't you hang out with me and my sister? And Lena was like, no, I got a lot of work to do. So then Kara was like, well, I better just go. And Lena's like, wait, Kara, come back. <laughs> Please come back. Um, Why don't you eat with me? And she's like, you know, I, you can't eat all of those appetizers alone. And Kara's like, try me. And Lena's like, let's go. It was just so cute. Like, oh, uh, oh, my God. It was just so sweet you know, to see the beginning stages of, of Supercorp, and again, maybe this is the crackhead in me, but maybe I just, it felt so endgamey to me, like, it just felt like, like, this is the beginning of, like, a relationship, and also, the thing is that, like, during this, during these flashbacks, we see Lena and, or excuse me, Andrea and Russell. I totally forgot about those ones. There was just so many flashbacks. Andrea and Russell, and they, um, they were, well, Andrea kind of leaned on Russell when it came to, you know, this, all the stuff that she was dealing with. And they were a romantic relationship. And then instead of seeing Lena lean on Jack, who she left in National City, we see Lena, Lean on Kara. You know, we see this the the parallels between Russ and Andrea and Lena and Kara, which I think is really interesting. Hopefully, intentional in a romantic way. Hopefully, not just them being mean. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. And then we see a more modern flashback to like what three months ago, I think it was, of Lena turning on the TV, seeing a Lex story, changing the channel, seeing in it, uh, a Supergirl story, and then changing the channel again and seeing an Andrea story, and she's like, "God damn, what the hell am I gonna do?" Like, she's like, "I don't need any of them. I never needed any of them." And it was so heartbreaking because she's just like residing herself to being alone, like that nobody cares about her, nobody loves her, nobody, everybody betrays her, and that's what she. It has accepted at at that point, um, and then she decides to sell Catco to Andrea. Andrea's like, "I hope we could be friends." Lena's like, "We could never be friends again," you know. Basically, she implies that, and then we're back to the present where Andrea had asked Lena, "Hey, I need your help breaking into the DEO." Lena's good. Lena's about as good as li- at lying as Kara is, um, because. She's like, What what's the DEO? It basically has the same energy as like I flew here on a bus. And so she's like, All right, fine. I'll help you break into the DEO. But you're gonna have to help me a little bit, you know, with the the setup. So she basically she knocks over this glass table in her apartment and she's like, I'll take care of Supergirl. I'll also take care of the agents of the DEO. You just go in there and get Russ. And so Lena lays on the ground, presses her Supergirl watch, and she's laying there and Kara like she's talking to Russell. And before she like flies off to save Lena, she gets the name Leviathan out of Russell, which is so cool because finally Kara and the, and the DEO know about Leviathan. Like finally they know, which is so good. So great. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that they know now and so finally they know and so she flies off to lena to save her you know because she pressed the button and so she gets to lena's apartment she's like lena 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 oh my god oh my god are you okay and they hug and that was the first time that lena and supergirl have hugged like ever like lena and Kara have hugged as lena and Kara, but lena and Kara have never hugged as lena and supergirl and that was very sweet um so in the meantime as lena's distracting Kara. Um, Andrea's over at the DEO and everybody at the DEO the only thought in their head is do no harm which again like here we are you know Lena is like pres- you know it's kind of it's framed as kind of bad but also not really cuz like hey she's just telling them to like not be mean to people <laughs> and so Andrea comes in and Alex is the only one that has the little Ear blocker thing in, so she's not getting that message, but everybody else is. So Alex even like punches Brainy because Brainy's like, Do no harm, Alex, do no harm. And <laughs> she's like, Pow, sorry, Brainy. And um, so then Jean comes as well, and uh, Supergirl. Oh, so Lena also like blocked. Any signal coming out of the DEO. So Alex keeps pressing her Supergirl button, but Kara can't hear it because it's a, the signals being blocked. So then in order to get Kara to like come help, she Alex literally screams like Kara help. And so Kara's like, I gotta go, Alex is in trouble. And Lena's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Oh shit. And so she so Kara comes back to the DEO, but Andrea ends up getting away with Russell. Anyway, so at the end of the episode, we see that Lena has created her own virtual reality technology to look and see that her mom, oh, see her mom, who is just Katie in a red wig with bangs. But some people did point out that probably the reason that Lena imagines herself as her mom is because she truly does not remember what she looks like. And in Luthers, Lillian was like, you look so much like her, you know, whatever. Um, So she's like, well, I assume that she just looks like me, which is so sad. Like, that is so sad. Being four years old and your mom dies and you can't even remember what your mom looks like. Like, oh God, that's just horrifying. Um, So... We see that she kind of built it into her newfound powers, this VR technology, because she can switch between the two the same. And she actually uses her uh, technology to threaten um, Andrea and Russell. She mind controls Russell to hold a knife to his carotid artery and Lena's like, give me the medallion right now or Russ is going to kill himself right here. And Andrea's like, fine, Jesus Christ. and. I kind of, I don't know, I liked that moment because it was Lena taking the control back. As we saw her whole life, all anybody ever did from her is take. All they ever did was take, take, take. And she's like, you know what? It's my turn. I get to take now. I get to take what I want and what I feel that I deserve. And I thought that was a really interesting moment for for Lena to see. I think it was cool. I thought it was cool. I, I was really on board with that moment. I mean, not I don't think she actually would have had Russ kill himself like I genuinely don't think that she would have done that because she obviously like does not want to kill people like she's expressed extreme um hatred for anybody killing anybody so she's I she would not have gone through with it but she wanted she she was using other people to get her means of an end and that's what other people have done to her her whole entire life so she's like you know what it's my turn. Time I grab back. I'm going to take back. And I thought that was cool. I thought it was a cool moment. Um, And Andrea and Russ are then trying to leave, get on a plane or whatever. And she, Russell gets shot down in the parking lot by that old Leviathan guy. And he's like, oh, you really think Like, you really, you really thought that you could get away from us? And she's like, I gave the medallion away. Like, you know, I'm not in I don't have any powers anymore. And he's like, oh, you thought that the power came from the medallion? Well, guess what? It came from the darkness that was inside you. And uh, it was so very reassuring because Hope Eve said that the medallion was powerless. So I feel like there's no darkness inside of Lena. Just like Lex said, like, you'll always fall into the light. So I don't believe that there's any darkness inside of Lena. I genuinely don't. So I feel like this episode basically confirmed that Lena was in love with Andrea. I feel like she was just so emotionally stunted and confused by her heteronormativity that she decided you know what I'm well she didn't decide but she was in love with Andrea because at the when Andrea's kind of like, you know, responding to her and she's like, I did it for love. And Lena's response to that was, that's what hurt the most. I cared about you more than anyone. She basically said that she was like in love with her. And honestly, like, like I said, you know, they're paralleling um Russell and Andrea and Lena and Kara because Lena just up and left Jack. Like she was unaffected by her, by leaving Jack. And so, you know, that was a moment where she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to leave Jack and go and, you know, whatever. But then, but the betrayals of Andrea and, and Kara are what, like, hurt the most for her, which, you know, was just so, so upsetting. Oh, another thing that I thought was really interesting was that during the Supercorp um, scene, uh, the one at Noonan's, they were playing a Supergirl-like theme, like one of the themes, like, that they use for Supergirl. Um, and I thought that was so cool, because that means that like becoming friends with Lena and and meeting Lena and well, you know, getting Lena to open up that way at Noonan's was a genuinely important moment in Kara's arc as both a character and a hero. And I thought that was so cool because it was like, hey, you know, she's out here and and she, you know, she's like you know. Being genuinely affected by meeting, um, Lena and by getting Lena to open up and to do this and to, you know, to become a part of her life. And that's a a huge, huge moment in, you know, in, in her development as a hero. And then, so I have another, I have a little post that I saw on Tumblr that I thought was really interesting. Um. And it's by Saskia-Luther on Tumblr. It says, Andrea is the reason why Lena was so guarded when she first came to National City and Kara, sweet Kara, through sheer perseverance lowers her walls, helps her trust again, helps her love again, and then breaks Lena's heart. And because of it, Lena feels even worse than she did when Andrea broke her heart because Kara was helping her heal, helping her see the things weren't so bad after all. And in the end, Kara was just another person who loved her so much and betrayed her. And that's so sad. Like it truly is. It's really so sad. Um but I'm really excited to see where this all goes because I think that uh, that by piling all of this betrayal onto Lena, that they're actually making Kara's betrayal less of the cause of Lena's like breaking point and more of just like like, more of just Lena being fed up. Like, it wasn't just Kara's betrayal that pushed her over the edge. It was years of all of this bullshit. And so I think that it means that it'll be easier for Lena to forgive Kara because it's not Kara's sole betrayal that hurt her the most. It was just everything that came together and and forced her over the edge. So, I don't know. I think it's the amount of betrayal and not specifically Kara's betrayal. So I think that's really cool. I think it's awesome that hopefully that'll lead to, you know, them being friends in the, the near future of Lena finally being able to um, accept, I guess, that Kara is, um, genuinely wants to make things better um, and genuinely wants to you know, wants to help. And, you know, Russell, Kara said to Russell, she's like, it's never too late. To, uh, it's never too late to try and make things right or at least better. And I think that, again, that's another parallel with Lena where she's like, hey, you know, it's never too late for me. I want to believe that it's never too late to try and make things better or make things right. And so I, I don't know. I think it'll be really, really easier for, um, you know, Lena or Kara you know, to get back in Lena's good graces since it wasn't just solely her betrayal. And I think the writers did that on purpose because if if it was just Kara, then it would be kind of hard to believe that Lena would just like move past, move past it, you know? Um So then I also saw this other cool post on Tumblr that is by Lu? It's like Kyler Lee. Oh, Lee. Kyler Lee. And then Lou and then three. So, Here's my psychoanalysis and theory about Lena Luthor after 506 from a super court perspective. And then, so she says, I think, oh, excuse me, they say, I think it's become fairly clear at this point that at various stages, Lena has been infatuated with in awe of and attracted to Supergirl, partly because Supergirl represents everything Lena always dreamed of being. And she did it in a powerful and beautiful form that saved her time and time again and carried her in her arms and risked everything for her which is why she chose Supergirl over her own mother, her own brother, and her most significant lover. And then, as far as Kara, she simply couldn't resist her. She was unable to keep her at arm's length despite her growing fear of being hurt again. And Kara wound up filling a need Lena's had her whole life. And in the end, she basically longed for Kara. She was possessive of Kara, and she valued Kara's guidance, comfort, loyalty, and love above all else. And at one point, she even chose Kara over Supergirl, the same Supergirl as stated above that she prioritized over her own mother, brother, and lover. Think about that. So now, Lena doesn't know how to reconcile the fact that these two people, one of whom she wanted and the other of whom she needed, are in fact the same person. Because that's intense. That's a lot. That means facing some hard truths about herself and about the fact that she finally found someone who can give her both what she wants and what she needs for the first time in her life. And it just happens to be the person who hurt her the most on the heels of so much other pain. I think that's why the betrayal has pushed her so far over the edge because there's such a depth of feeling and confusion and intensity and conflict wrapped up in all of this. And if she ever forgives her, then she'd have to face the fact that this combo of Kara and Supergirl, that Kara Zor-El, is her soulmate. I really wish the show had the bravery to explore all of of this because it's right there. It's all set up perfectly. So I totally agree with that. I love that post. And I think it's so cool. I think it's so on the nose. It it kind of describes everything that I'm thinking as well. So I love it. Oh, also, I wanted to talk the ratings improved (laughs) just a little bit. I mean about 9% up from last time. Um, It had a 0.2 in the 18 to 49 demo with almost, um, with 8 point, with 0.86 million viewers. Um, And so, we're gonna see, hopefully, a huge major improvement after the Live Plus 3 and Live Plus 7. So, basically, what you need to do to help Supergirl right now is go on the CW app and just play the episode. You don't even have to watch it. Just put it on in the background. Mute it for all I care. Just put it on your iPad and throw it aside. Like, whatever. Just stream the episode if you can. It really, really helps out the show on your DVR, whatever. Stream the episode any way that you can because that'll be really cool to see, you know, a huge spike in ratings because then also that shows the writers that you're interested in Lena's and Andrea's stories and Kara's stories rather than these past two episodes, which have been kind of William focused. So if they show, if the ratings show that, hey, you know, this was kind of more of a Lena centric episode instead of William centric and they're like, well, it's not just a fluke. Like, this is just what's happening. Like, then you know the hopefully they'll be more inclined to write more lena centric episodes um, I forgot to mention um Eve came up at the end of this last episode. We saw Lena basically say access you know well because apparently this rune that uh, uh Lena's mom had you know drawn all over the place and talked to her daughter about meant leviathan like it translated somehow into the word leviathan and so she's like hope you know access all of eve's memories on leviathan and i think that's interesting that eve is not dead hope is just living in her body (laughs) like i want to know i you know what i want to know is when hope gets out of there i want to hear all about how you know eve like could see out of her body, but she couldn't control what was happening. Like, I want to know all about that. So hopefully we get to hear all about that from Eve because that's scary. First of all, it's basically like she's possessed by, um, by hope, but it's, yeah. So it's really interesting. I, I, th- I'm really intrigued to see where this goes from here with all of the Leviathan stuff. Um, especially in terms of like what Eve, cause now everybody knows, basically. The DEO knows. Lena knows. Obviously, Andrea and William and all of them, they know um, because they're, they're working with them. Um, But now the fact that Lena and Supergirl know, it's like, well, now they have to either come to, they'll probably come together at some point because they'll, like, have the same kind of evidence and meet up in the middle at some point um so i'm really intrigued to see how that goes apparently well okay the promo that they showed us looked like the wrath of ramakan which was supposed to be the episode right before crisis but um the synopsis for episode seven was supposed to be um the one that I read last week where Kara finds out what Lena's been up to. It seems as though they have switched those episodes. So now we're going to get Lena and Kara working together to fight Rama Khan, who is that ancient alien that I talked about in my um, season five final like updates video um, or podcast, you know what I mean. And then, um, so the episode right before Crisis is gonna be the one where Kara finds out that Lena's been doing all this crazy shit. Like, what? Oh my god. And also, they released the first little teaser for Crisis, and I'm so excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm- I'm so excited. I'm gonna be covering, um, hopefully every single episode of Crisis. Uh, probably- I'll probably- because it won't be- You know, I mean, I'll try to do them. I don't know. I need to figure it out because it's going to be the way that it airs is going to be a lot, you know, so I'm going to probably just do like crisis part one, part two, part three based on the days but I am going to cover Crisis. I'm so excited to cover Crisis. So excited to talk about it. So excited just for the lead up to it. I love everything, especially that they're doing on Arrow. I think it's so cool that finally, like, Mia gets to meet her dad and William as well. Like, oh, that was so sweet. The moment where he came out to Oliver. Oh, so sweet. I'm just really excited about Crisis. Um, and I hope that Kara finds out about Crisis soon. Kara and Kate are going to be like, there's a what? <laughs> like Oliver's going to come and he's like, guess what? There's a crisis coming. And Kara and Kate are going to be like, there's a what? A what? I'm I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm really excited to see where Leviathan goes, especially from here. Hopefully, you know, and people have been speculating too that maybe Lena's mom is alive. But I have a feeling that Leviathan just like offed her. <laughs> She just, like, got offed by Leviathan for knowing too much. Just the same way that, you know, they offed Russell. They were going to off Eve. You know, they're going to do all this stuff. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to learn more stuff as it comes along. But obviously, for Crisis, we're going to be taking a huge break from this Leviathan story. So I think it's cool that we're, like, building, 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 and then we're going to kind of get a cliffhanger, go into Crisis, and then come back post-crisis and have to deal with Leviathan. Um, And I'm curious to see what happens because as I've been theorizing all season long, I think that Hope is kind of attached to Leviathan. I wonder if she will actually access Eve's memories or maybe she'll delete Eve's memories or maybe she'll even like give Lena false information about Leviathan, you know, from Eve's memories, quote-unquote memories because she makes it up, because she doesn't want Lena to be on Leviathan's, like, trail. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the coming episodes. I'm very intrigued as to why they switched the episodes, if they did, because I think that Ramakan's supposed to just be in one, but maybe he's in both. Who knows? But they definitely showed him in the trailer. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what episode airs next week. Um so I'm really intrigued to see what happens and I think that's all I have for you guys. So I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you enjoy the episode of Supergirl on Sunday, no matter what episode it happens to be. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you feel like it, you can leave a rate, like, subscribe, whatever, do all the things. Um, you could tweet me at tele- televised pod. let me know what you thought of the episode, both of the episode of Supergirl and of this recap episode. Um, and also, if you haven't, go check out my um, Dickinson review slash spoiler cast episode. Um, I really, really enjoyed making it, and it, even if you haven't seen the show, I would highly recommend maybe listening to my episode, seeing if you like what you hear, and honestly, anything that I tell you could not spoil you for this show because you just have to see it you have to watch it <laughs> and so i would if you feel like it you could check that out it came out last saturday it was my november deep dive episode so also if you have any ideas of what you want me to talk about for december you can tweet me at televised pod let me know leave a comment in the comment section below and i will see you guys next wednesday bye